0: You're getting giddy and excited at the possibility that maybe, could be, kinda, sorta, he moved on.
1: to do. This is rambling your Rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter Serena Morales coming at you from Los Angeles, California. Nothing off about the offseason new coaches on the staff coming soon. The start to the new league year it will become official. With that said on today's podcast, we will keep it to official News only. Wink, wink. Let's bring in my friend from the NFL Network. He, You know him because of his work on Good Morning Football. I know him because he's Latino. He's fantastic at his job. We both love Walter Cronkite. He's a Sun Devil. He's hilarious. He's at Will Selva TV on Twitter. And he is Will Selva with me now. Will Selva, thank you very much.
0: What's up, Serena? That was quite an introduction there. That rivals the kind of introduction that I get from Kyle Brandt and Nate Burleson. On Good Morning Football. So, Tell thank what you up. so much Tell for them that. What yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mil gracias por eso. Gracias.
1: <laughs> I know. And thank you for having being part of the show today. Um, they are also friends of the podcast. But let's get to it because the Rams yep. fans are like, yo, we need to hear. We need to know what's going on. Sure. Rams, they've had a lot of coaching changes to the mm-hmm. staff this season. A new D.C., new special teams coordinator. They did a lot of also internal shifting with the departure of a lot of coaches. So just wanted to see on your you know, standpoint, like any changes that stand out to you. I'll throw out a couple names. Raheem Morris, new DC, Joe DiCamillis, new special teams coordinator, Kevin Carberry, new offensive line uh, coach, and Thomas Brown, now not only the running backs coach, but also going to be Sean McVay's assistant head coach.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that if there's anybody who can handle all the uh, coaching changes on the coaching staff, it would be Sean McVay. I mean, the guy is bright, he's young, he knows how to deal with this. If you think about it, He's now on to his third D.C. in his many years. He had Wade Phillips, he had Brandon Staley, and now he's got Raheem Morris. And for me, with Raheem Morris, he comes with the 4-3 scheme. And I will be interested to see how he goes with the 3-4 scheme and then doing the wrinkles from the 4-3. In a lot of ways, I feel like Raheem Morris – is a lot like one division where initially you don't know what you're watching. You are saying what the football, Uh, where is this heading? This is a sitcom. I don't understand, but then it starts to get good, right? Then you start to get what they're doing there by the fourth episode. And I think there is going to be an adjustment period that is going to be happening with Raheem Morris and this defense. He certainly has the pieces So I think that's important and that's a big deal because when you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, you got a good start.
1: You do have a good start, although it's funny, right? Unfortunately, they are the number one defense, but if it's not broke, don't fix it. So it's like, ah, did we put in the right pieces? I, I mean, everyone has heard and said great things about Raheem Morris, his press conference. It certainly shows he also has um, background, you know, relationship with Sean McVay. So to your point, I think this would only add to and enhance the already stout defense.
0: I absolutely think the same thing. And I think that, again, if he comes in with his own wrinkles, his style of play, he's well-respected, not only uh, just when he was in Atlanta as the D.C. there, but also, just around the league he is a well-respected face he's a well-known name so i think he instantly builds that credibility there and again i think he's anybody who comes into the uh we were talking about the the uh marvel comics universe i think anybody that comes in the sean mcveigh universe i think they are able to blend their talents in there well
1: is sean mcveigh iron man are we going that route like what <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, are we gonna are we gonna ignore uh, Endgame, or are we are we going to talk, you know, Age of Ultron? <laughs> you know what I mean? So no
1: spoiler alerts, but spoiler alerts now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I feel a little like like uh, Sean McCoy was like that when he was like giving away what Endgame was about. It's like, dude, wait a second. Yeah. Don't post anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we don't want to endgame Sean McFay in any way, but. Uh, it is interesting to be like, he's kind of the overseer, you know, with his, his, um, standout personality, very different Mm -hmm. from an Iron Man personality perspective, but he kind of somehow still brings the gang together.
0: Yes, he does. And maybe he becomes the Dr. Strange and he becomes the mentor (laughs) to Spider-Man, which I'm hearing is going to be the case in the new Spider-Man movie. So, uh. When I'm not reading NFL news, I'm reading variety. All right. So I'm trying to stay up to date on this stuff.
1: We like, we like all the mix. We are, you know, diverse (laughs) in our own ways. Um, Well, a lot of changes to coaching staff. Also a lot of changes to the roster free agency. Oh goodness. It's going to happen very soon. There are some names that we need to mention free agents, Leonard Floyd on defense, John Johnson, Samson, Abicum, Darius Williams, Troy Hill. Um, and then on offense, Austin Blythe, Gerald Everett, Josh Reynolds, Malcolm Brown, um, any of those names that you're like, ooh, we would love to see the Rams. I'm sure Rams fans are like, I know John Johnson really stands out. Leonard Floyd has had an incredible season, but then even some of the corners like Darius Williams had a great season sort of under the radar as well as Troy Hill, who played opposite of Jalen Ramsey on offense, obviously Austin Blythe, who was at center really kind of brought that entire um, offensive line and kept them cohesive, even with, um, uh, Andrew Whitworth being out, you know, another tight end like Gerald Everett, who's had his sparks throughout the season. Josh Reynolds really has held steady that wide out group. And then Malcolm Brown, who's been that veteran running back to really bring in the young guys like, you know, Daryl Henderson and Cam Aker. So any of those guys that really stand out for you?
0: Well, I really think we were talking about Raheem Morris and the defense that he's inheriting. I do think that Leonard Floyd is an important piece that probably priced himself out of the Rams reach. He had a career high in sacks with 11 and a half, I believe. And so you see the effect of playing alongside Aaron Donald, because he is in the same trajectory as Dante Fowler was the year prior. We also had a career high in sacks, and he ended up parlaying that into a three-year deal with the Falcons. So I think that what the Rams will likely do, again, I don't have the inside knowledge on this, but considering Leonard Floyd and what he brought to the team, because I believe over four years, he had 18 and a half sacks. So Chicago expected him to be something that he ended up being with the Rams. And so I think he is going to probably parlay this. I think that they will be able to potentially – maybe do what like my kids do when they go to the dollar store they go there and they love the stuff that they see there and i feel like the rams are kind of going to be going into that dime store now you're not going to want to get like napkins because those bad boys disintegrate within contact of your mouth right but there's a lot of cool stuff there for like school projects and i think that you will get a lot of Players who are going to be edge rushers who would potentially come on a short term deal, a one year deal at a potentially uh, bargain basement price. And you get somebody like a Yannick Ngakwe in that position. And he's been highly effective. And I believe he's somebody that they could potentially target. Now, you mentioned Johnson. I think he also is a really key part of this defense, led the team in uh tackles and yeah. also I believe when you look at what opposing quarterbacks have done when he is in coverage I think their passer rating is somewhere in the 76 75 range there so he makes an immediate difference he almost seems to me to be the biggest uh the the, the biggest name out of all of them that yeah. will uh, be missed sorely if he's not on the team. For In sure. terms of on on offense, I think the the O line that's another thing that is a concern because uh, Blythe obviously showed himself to be very uh, versatile, and I know that McVeigh has a uh, has a feeling that he brings tremendous value, which he does. Uh, there was a times where he was a little inconsistent, but he obviously earned the trust of McVeigh. Uh, so again, you can go out and get somebody like an Alex Mack, who's maybe 35 years old. Um, I believe in, he's played 16 games in 10 of his last 12 seasons, I believe. So he's a durable guy. He's a veteran. He would be more of a stopgap, but this is assuming that, that blight doesn't come back at a reduced rate because we don't know what his market is going to be out there. So I think that's key. And also to see what they do with Wit as well. Wit is incredibly important to this O-line. He's coming off of an injury uh, and he is important to this team uh, in many ways. I mean, we even saw it uh, with the uh, SoFi vaccination site. I mean, he's the spokesperson for the Rams in a lot of ways, an ambassador for them. Uh, but you wonder if they're going to be asking him to restructure, because I believe, he has over five million dollars. He's due almost six million dollars. So they may have to do some restructuring on on their part. But when I look at that running game, I mean Cam Akers has been fantastic. And as McVeigh said, he's an everyday back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All those points are really valid. I do think to your point, John Johnson really stands out. He is a fan favorite for him to step in and be the defensive signal caller after Eric Waddell um, had that title. And before that, Corey Littleton, I think is huge to keep him. And you know, the team loves him. Leonard Floyd, I think his success, not to take anything away from him, but he's playing opposite Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, is, you know, the defensive player of the year again and again and again. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it speaks to just the entire defensive line and what Eric Henderson does um there as well. But yeah, I do, you know, as John Johnson really sparks when it's like, oh, can we hold on to this guy? Um, And then Austin Blythe, to your point, really that offensive line has been cohesive for so long. You know, and it also, you know, we talked, uh, Les Need spoke to the media just yesterday, uh, this week, about, you know, how things are going to change with the reduced salary cap. And that Mm -hmm. was one of the things, how are we going to restructure and talk to more of like the veterans, like an Andrew Whitworth, those guys would be more affected with that. I want to transition to what makes me happy because to the point, need did speak to the media. And one of the questions was about non-starters. He actually believes you know, we'll take a step forward um, given this past season. And I'd like to put a guy on everyone's radar because he's a fantastic human being. And it really made me happy that Les Need mentioned him. Offensive lineman Chandler Brewer, he opted out this season given COVID concerns. He has a history with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So he has been on the reserved opt out list that being said, Les said, Hey, an interesting one is getting Chandler Brewer back from an opt out who actually played really well in that San Francisco game back in 2019 which is crazy to think because that was the last time i we were physically around football um yeah. but I just wanted to put that all on everyone's radar because Chandler i've been messaging him this off season he's also really excited to be back and you check out his instagram he's putting in the work so I
0: love it i love yeah. it and that is something else that is in their back pocket to know that he is going to be a presence that he's back i think another area that they may Look to add to is the wide receiving core. Uh, I don't know what the future holds for uh, Josh Reynolds there in that offense. I think they'll be looking to really throw that ball down the field to really get that explosive threat to stretch out the defense. Uh, And obviously, we know what Cooper Cup can do, what Bobby Trees can do. (laughs) Uh, And obviously, you know, Van Jefferson. I mean, we're going to, I think, see more of his development, you know, because usually, you know, with McVay, you know, he likes to kind of slow play these rookies, you know, that's why we saw somebody like Cam Akers really, you know, show himself out towards the end of the season. So I see them again. We were talking about the, the dollar store and bargain hunting. That's where I think with this wide receiver class of yes. these free agents, they could probably get somebody, take a flyer on somebody for a year at a reduced price and, you know, it's not somebody that's going to take a ton of snaps, but just to add a little bit of, of fear, maybe a little bit of getting these defensive backs on their heels. And so I see that being as another spot that they're going to be focusing on in the off season.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and even a Daryl Henderson who waited a year um, under Sean McVay at running back, who also was able to kind of show his spark before he ended up having an injury. But to your point, you know, Sean's like, put your time in, buddy. Yeah, (laughs) you
0: do. (laughs) Yeah, you Uh, you gotta put in that time.
1: Yeah, news from around the NFL. This is what all everyone is waiting to hear. Will Selva, I'm gonna start with the NFC West because that's what the people want to know. JJ Watt is now a Cardinal this changes everything tell
0: us well I think it changes everything because of uh, J.J. Watt's obviously ability to get to the quarterback and we saw the two people who have gotten to the quarterback most over the last few years has been number one Chandler Jones and then number two J.J. Watt so J.J. Watt's presence obviously instantly elevates this defense Now, the caveat here is the yeah, but dot, dot, dot is the health issue for not only Chandler Jones, but JJ Watt as well. Uh, I think that is a genuine concern for that defense. And uh, they're definitely going to be with those two bookends there. There are going to be uh, a load for opposing uh, offenses. Now, uh, hearing from what uh, Vance Joseph had said about J.J. Watt and integrating him. he'd said that he would want not quantity, but quality snaps for J.J. Watt. So I don't think he's going to be out there every single down because I think they're going to try to keep him fresh. And they have a lot of young players there also on that defense that they want to get into that rotation. So his presence is going to be felt there. It's just going to be how much. And from what we're hearing out of the desert, it's not going to be every single down but they are going to try to get those quality snaps out of him. But no doubt, this, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal for the Cardinals and definitely change the complexity of that defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about the intangibles too, right? J.J. Watt has been proven as a leader. He's sort of like a locker room guy. So you're not only getting the experience of when you do put him in, watch out but also the intangibles of, Hey, I'm on the sidelines. I'm cheering you on. I'm giving you all that, you know, that feedback on the sidelines is certainly going to scare uh, Rams fans and others in the NFC West. Russell Wilson. What Mm. are you doing Russell? I mean, are are Rams fans holding their breath that he (laughs) made depart in this group?
0: (laughs) You mean uh, Mr. Unlimited as he likes to call himself. It's like, so it's like, dude, delete that video. Just scrub it from the internet, please. Um, I think with Russell Wilson, the, the, the friction there between him and the franchise is very, very real uh, because it took a while for Seattle to come out and said, hey, Russ is our guy. You know, uh, there was a, a period there where we were just hearing crickets from the team. Uh, and then the agent for Dangerous comes out and says, oh, well, by the way, now that you mention it, there are four teams that we would potentially consider going to. And so obviously Chicago Bears fans are going crazy he, because you also you have to think about He's thinking about his wife, Sierra, as well, and in her, in her career, and now that's going to be impacted. Uh, and I, I think there has to be... Uh, For that relationship to work, I I mean, I think they're just going to have to accept it, that it is what it is. And, you know, I picture Russ is still going to be there. Uh, But I know we had uh, Michael Brockers on and Brock was saying like, yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Russell's not going to be there. It's like, "Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, that that the tension is real. But I still think in the end, he's going to end up staying in Seattle. So sorry, Rams fans. Sorry, that's just a division, yeah. but that's just my sense is that he's going to stay there.
1: It would be amazing to think if like Sierra was like, look, I'm tired of you going against Aaron Donald and this man really taking you down every time. I want my husband to be healthy and not be hit. So what if she was like, here are the cities I will go to like New Orleans. I could do things over there. Some music. town. Yeah. Like, let's do like if Sierra is the person that changes the whole thing in the background. We have no idea. Very exciting to think about though these are the things i think about
0: over. <laughs> look at you getting you're getting giddy and excited at the possibility that maybe could be kind of sort of he moves on and we it's 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 still so much time this is what's great about the off season and like <laughs> where we're on good morning football it gives us content so yeah. uh, russ thank you for this thank you for thank this
1: you. thank you you're right we're <laughs> thanking him um <laughs> All right, well, it's now time for Serena's socially distant social segment. So you have some love for your fellow Sun Devils. One in particular, Phil Mickelson, saw you tweet, uh, you recommended him for Kyle's podcast, 10 Things. Um, So I was like, you know what? Let me do a little Google search. This is how my brain works. I was like, let me go look up some famous alum from your little alma mater. So I wanted to put you on the spot okay, and get go for your top three sun devils of all time, like your favorite. And I'm going to, I went, you know, on a very prestigious website, Ranker, to look up <laughs> some
0: famous,
1: <laughs> some famous uh, alum. Sounds
0: very legit. Sounds oh, yeah. 1,000%. Oh, <laughs> this is the
1: Wikipedia of Wikipedia's. I mean, you've got Barry Bonds, you've got Reggie Jackson, David Spade, right. uh Nick Nolte, man, like Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. Ooh, James Harden, of course, Al Michaels. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know, you might have to put him in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, what are we doing? Where I didn't even realize you had this many famous people. on Kate Spade went to your school. All right. Well, anyway, you're gonna have to give me your top three because I'll just keep going down this rabbit hole. So soon. well,
0: my so my top three. So Al Michaels is number one. He worked at the uh, school uh, station, radio station, like I did, and it was just very interesting to hear his stories um, about when he started to have interest in being uh, a sports broadcaster because he had said that the legendary coach there, Frank Kush. He was having a football practice or a football game, excuse me. And so he said that ASU didn't play very well. So Al Michaels is waiting for Frank Cush and the players to interview them as a student there. And Frank Cush said that they played horribly. You know, they didn't deserve uh, the way that they won the game. So what ends up happening is Frank Cush tells his team to stay in their uniforms and to go out there and practice after they played a game. And so Al Michaels said that he had to then interview, you know, Frank Gush about the game and the players. (laughs) So um, it was an amazing story. And, you know, Al Michaels, I mean, he is a broadcast legend in the Walter Cronkite school. Can't say enough great things. Um, My second favorite would likely be Phil Nicholson uh, because he was a guy that he was doing incredible trick shots Uh, Even back then, like, for example, he was the story goes that he was driving golf balls out of Sun Devil Stadium. Um, He would do a trick where somebody would throw up a golf ball and he would hit it in midair. And so he was just brilliant at that point in time. And I'm a lefty. My son is also a lefty, loves golfer, uh, loves golfing and loves Phil Mickelson. So uh, he's number two. And then number three. Uh, it is a toss up between Barry Bonds and Reggie Jackson. I think I would go with Reggie Jackson because what people don't realize is that he only played three years of, um, uh, baseball and one year, or no, excuse me, three years of football, and one year of baseball. So he, it's not like that was like, a. He, people don't realize that he played football, like football was his sport. And he also happened to be good in football or uh, in baseball as well. Yeah. So those would have to be the the three now if you're asking me who's about the surliest well then that's a different list but um those are my top three al michaels phil mickelson and reg jackson
1: gotta gotta uh shout out your teammates al michaels of you know of course um phil mickelson i didn't know you were southpaw respect it and thank um, you Reggie Jackson, growing up in the Bronx, my dad—I um, was hoping you'd say Reggie Jackson. My dad would brag to me as a kid, like, "This is why you sit in the bleachers," because I used to shout out to Reggie Jackson all the time and call him terrible names. <laughs> like,
0: why would you tell your daughter this? No. So, he, but he was a good, yes. I mean, but he was—he was really um, a good. Uh, a football player, so it's he's just a like big guy, big. He's yeah, big, no, he's like a, a football player. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's he's a big guy. So, um, you know, and, and ASU has had a, a legendary baseball uh, program too. So they have pumped out a lot of, you know, Andre Ethier, who played with the Dodgers. Yeah, you know, Cole Calhoun played with the Angels. So they've had a lot of guys that have come through there. Oh Man,
1: I know. I was look. Little- People know that I went to
0: Syracuse, so I'm glad yeah. we
1: were able to balance it out a little bit and talk about. It's cool.
0: We got, got a good sports broadcasting program there. Really good one. Just really freezing cold, Familiar. but excellent. <laughs> yeah. Respect. Game
1: respects game, well. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we there. Actually, game respects game. I'm going to end on say what? Because Jalen Ramsey has been respecting the game of his fellow teammate, Aaron Donald, for some time. And our friends um, on Huddle and Flow, yes. uh, the podcast with Steve Weiss and Jim Trotter, had Jalen Ramsey on their podcast recently. And it is about time. I mean, we talk about it, we dream about it. Could Aaron Donald be in the MVP conversation? Here's what Jalen Ramsey had to say about that. Uh,
2: I've, I've never seen anyone like him. I'm a, I'll keep it honest. Uh, and yeah, I, I've never seen anyone like him. In my opinion, he's the best player in the NFL. I think AD should start being in conversations for MVP. Like, absolutely. We we've been saying that is, for years. I mean, it's it's insane that people really like. I, I know after he won Defense Player of the Year again, and people like certain people were in an uproar about him winning. I'm like, bro, are y'all serious? Like he is doing these numbers from D tackle and he sometimes moves around. He's like his impact on the game is crazy. Like you look at you look at most valuable player and what it actually means is how valuable is this guy to this team? Take this guy off of this team and then where where does their value as a team go? And you put A D on any NFL team I guarantee they D-line is the top five D-line automatically. Probably top three D-line automatically. Well, Selva,
1: are we ever going to see Aaron Donald become MVP?
0: Unfortunately, it feels like it's probably not going to be the case, which is a crime of biblical proportions because yeah. it's normally a uh, running back or a quarterback that get all the glory. But, you know, we talk about, like, say, Stephen Curry in basketball and how he's changed yes. the game. Uh, I believe that Aaron Donald changes the game. He has that big of an impact. Even when uh, he was hurt, we we saw, and he wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. And that made all the difference in the world. And I think he makes everybody better. And just ask Dante Fowler. Just ask Leonard Floyd. <laughs> I mean, some people... Some people would be maybe potentially a little bit leery now thinking about it of Floyd and of Fowler thinking, well, were they good because they had the talent or were they good because they had the talent? And Oh, by the way, they were right next to a monster who no offensive lineman wants to face. So to to Jalen's point, I absolutely positively think that somebody like, Aaron Donald should get MVP consideration for everything that he does I mean he is a star out there and I believe that he is the best player in the NFL he's that good and whether he gets the MVP votes I just don't see it happening but definitely worthy so Jalen I'm right there with you and I'm glad you played that from Huddle and Flow those are my guys Jim Trotter Stevie Wonder Steve Weiss (laughs) Love it. We we drop uh, '90s basketball all the time. We just oh. literally text each other '90s basketball players' names. Uh, so two professionals, two great guys. glad to say I work with those guys.
1: I love those guys too, and and I think it means a lot to also hear that kind of praise from one of the top defensive players in the game as well, with Jalen Ramsey. Yep. And now that he's playing with him, for him to be, you know, I think Jalen Ramsey has his own confidence. Uh, to himself that for him to oh, be, yeah. no, no, he is the best player, not just in defense, the entire <laughs> league uh, really says something. So it's just cool to hear that. And yeah, shout out to Jim Trotter, Steve Weish, of course, but that's it. Shout out to you, Will Silva. We just wrapped up another episode of rambling. Appreciate your time of uh, fans. We appreciate you as well. We appreciate the Rams so much that we can't wait to see you in the Rams house in 2021 this season. You can purchase season tickets, visit therams.com slash 2021. We'll be bringing you more podcasts this off season, including one next week. Once things are made official, until then, (laughs) stay safe, my friends. We'll appreciate you.
0: Thanks, Rena.